0: Welcome back into the Tide Talk podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I am your host, Stacey Blackwood, alongside Jake Thomas. Jake, what's up, buddy?
1: Man, I'm doing great. Just uh, you know, uh, had a you know been working a lot, been busy, but uh, glad to come back tonight and uh, chit chat and uh, review the uh, the Mississippi State game.
0: Yeah, uh, sorry, we're kind of late to this in the <laughs> week, getting this out, but. Uh, both our schedules are busy, so we just kind of can do this when we can, and uh, we hope to be back in a couple days to kind of give a preview show of the uh, of the Tennessee game coming up this Saturday. But like Jake mentioned, tonight's episode uh, is going to be about, you know, recapping that Mississippi State victory for Alabama, a big win for the Tide, mm-hmm. and we're going to talk all about that here in just a few minutes. But first, got to tell you about our friends at betonline.ag you know the football season is back both the NFL and the college football season are in full swing the NBA is starting up this week playoff baseball is going on right now so there is plenty of stuff to be betting on and bet online remains your number one spot for all your online sports betting needs so head on over to the new and updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit just use promo code Believe 50 to receive your bonus. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Jake, we're going to talk about this Mississippi State game in a minute. But first of all, if you're not subscribed to the channel, make sure you hit that subscribe button right now and jump in the comment section and tell us about your thoughts on Alabama's victory over Mississippi State. All right, Jake, let's just dive right into the game. Uh, just We're going to do a quick recap show. Uh, Like we said, sorry it's late in the week. Uh, You'll probably be listening to this on Thursday, but it kind of is what it is. But, Jake, let's just talk about this Mississippi State game. Uh, You know, there was a lot of questions that needed to be answered uh, in that game for Alabama. They're coming off that tough loss to Texas A&M, and, you know, the defense struggled in that game. The offense struggled at times in that game, so it was really – it was really going to be a focus for this team to, to kind of get back to not just you know on the winning track, but kind of playing that to that Alabama standard. How, how do you think the team did that this past Saturday against Mississippi State?
1: Uh, they, you know they they surprised me to be honest. Uh, they they come out and they look like a totally different team uh, to be honest. And uh, one one of the key points and and um, I, I mentioned that my defensive MVP was going to be Will Anderson. I mean, he talked about all week about that Alabama standard. But Will also knew that he's going to have to go out there on the field and improve it. Four sats in the game. I mean, they double teamed him, they triple teamed him, and he still got back there. I mean, that dude's a freaking nature, and I'm glad he's on our side because I'd hate to try to block him if I was an opposing team. But, you know, and, and another thing that, that I also noticed was it seemed like we was calling a little bit more zone plays and we was not having our backs turned towards the the quarterback. And that allowed, up, you know, allowed battle to have a pick six and, uh, and all that. I mean, cause to me, if you see where the quarterback's throwing it at, you can, you can adjust and make, make a move to, to where the ball is at. But if you got your back behind, you know, you're supposed to be, you know, looking behind you when you're, when you're running with the, Robert seriously, we just say we don't do that, but it was overall it was good. It was a good team effort and and they played outstanding defensively. And uh and what what's so crazy is I heard this after the game, but you know, in this air raid top of offense, Alabama has yet to give up a touchdown to Mississippi State since Leach has been there. I mean, think about it. they were 41 to nothing I think last year. Right. And uh 40 to uh, was it 49 to 9 this year and they only had three field goals. So I mean that's pretty incredible, I
0: think, yeah, I mean that actually that's the first that you know that that it kind of jobbed my memory. you're right, that's no touchdowns allowed to to Mike leach in his first two years uh at Mississippi State, yeah, the defense played great, man they you know they kind of kept everything in front of them, which we talked about last week uh in our preview show, was that you know the defense th- their task was to keep the plays in front of them and make the tackle in open space. Uh, and they done that, and and they really did better than that. They created turnovers. Josh Job got the early pick on the first possession of the game for Mississippi State, which led to a John Mechie touchdown reception. Uh, and then, like you mentioned, Jordan Battle was able to get a pick six. Then he got another pick later in the game. So the, the defense was able to make plays. And like you mentioned, Will Anderson was just completely unblockable, four sacks in the game, just a – He's him and Derek Henry are are two people that I'm not sure from the planet Earth. So uh, it's uh it it was an unbelievable performance by Will Anderson. And uh, if we continue to get that, I'm not saying that type of production each and every week for sacks is not realistic. But, you know, when he affects the quarterback the way he did, I mean, it makes it it makes everybody else's job easier on that defense, including the defensive backs.
1: Absolutely, and you know they they played outstanding. Uh, Toa Toa finally, it seemed like he had a great game. He had 14 tackles, I believe.
0: Yeah, he was uh, all over the field.
1: He was so. Uh, you know, he got the defensive honors, but they should have gave it to a co-defensive to 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 Anderson too, because I mean, four sats is incredible in today's game. You know,
0: yeah, it was it was some national award that awarded Toa Toa with the defensive player of the week. I can't remember which one it was, but I can't either. I mean, how it was not Will Anderson, uh, I have no idea but it. Uh, I mean, that's not no jab at Henry because no. you know, he, he played a heck of a game. Like you mentioned, 14 tackles. But, uh, you know, the defensive side of the ball, I guess what I liked the most was they kind of got back to that playmaking ability. You know, that's yeah. kind of what the Nick Saban defense has kind of been made of over the last several years, is the ability to make plays, splash plays. You know, we talked about that last week. I thought that Malachi Moore would kind of be a guy to make some splash plays in that secondary, but it turned out to be Jordan Battle. And uh, it's good to see Battle do that. You know, he hasn't really been a playmaker uh, for Alabama his entire career. I mean, he's just been a solid uh, safety, but uh, he was really an impact player against Mississippi State, and that that was good to see. And uh, the back end of that defense probably played its best game of the season
1: absolutely and uh i i seen seen it during the game uh i think at that time it was 87 turnovers and you know under saving on the defensive side of the ball Un, you know and what so that's like most in in the ncaa but i think that was before there was another pick or pick uh, in the game from battle so i mean it's incredible i mean that defense you know it. It has though we talked about. It has the potential to be great, and and I think they took the step forward to to be the defense I think they can be, and uh, I mean they're going to have to. They still got a lot of tough game, games coming up. We're going to need them.
0: So yeah, you I know, think, and, and and we'll talk about this in a couple of days. But this the matchup this weekend with Tennessee is is going to be different because of of their tempo and you know, the quarterback's ability to run the ball. So it's going to be a different type of challenge for that defense. So I will be interested to see how that kind of looks. And like I said, we'll talk about that in a couple days. But, uh, you know, wrapping up the defensive side of the ball, Jake, uh, it it, it really was a great performance from those guys, probably their best of the season. Uh, You know, that they got to Will Rogers all day long, Mm -hmm. and uh, it really affected his play. And uh, I I was, you know, and even in the red zone, even on the drives that the defense was allowing some yards, they they hunker down in the red zone and force field goals. That's what you want. I mean, right. it, it really was a textbook textbook text performance by the defense when it comes to kind of the you know playing against the modern college offense. So, yep. uh, a really good performance by the defense, and uh, we can kind of wrap that up and kind of move on to the offensive side of the ball, Jake. And uh, much like the defense, a much better performance than the week before, more consistent. More balanced and uh, really just a strong performance from Bryce Young and all those guys.
1: Absolutely. And uh, your offensive MVP was John Mechie, and and my gracious, he showed out. I mean, it seems like he, you know, he finally got, you know, what what was deserving for him because, you know, several games, you know, he's just had been himself, it seemed like. But what impressed me on the offensive side of the ball. Was it seemed like we saw an emergence of Roy Dale Williams? I mean, that kid is is going to be a stud in, in this offense. And uh, I mean, Roy Dale in that game had 11 carries with 78 yards. I mean, that is 7.1 yards per carry. And I mean, I know Brian Robinson's still the guy, and Jason McClellan would have got those reps if he wasn't injured. But now, since he, you know, since unfortunately he's out for the year, Roydale's the next man up and, and he took advantage of it. And uh, it was great to see. I feel like offensive line played played their best game of the yeah, year. Yeah. So uh it you know, it just seemed like oh it Alabama standard is back, it seems like to me. So and that's great to see.
0: Yeah, you mentioned Roydale as a guy who kind of stepped up you know, with his role increasing. Another guy, and I thought this is where you were going, was Treshawn Holden, Jake, at wide receiver. Uh, I mean, he had three catches, I believe, for 70 yards and and a touchdown, of course. And uh, Alabama needs another wide receiver to kind of count on. Uh, John Mechie, like you said, once again, he he showed up finally, had his first 100-yard receiving game of the season. Uh, Jamison Williams done Jamison (laughs) Williams-type stuff. They didn't target him a whole lot, but he catches that first pass of the second half and just – outruns everybody to the end zone for a for 75 yard touchdown <laughs> that was his, amazing his speed is unreal man but uh, yeah the, getting Trayshawn Holden to kind of step up and have maybe a, a an increased role in this offense is huge because right now Cameron Latu and Jaleel Billingsley are struggling a bit for whatever yeah. reason uh but you know so so Alabama needs another option to throw the ball to Bryce Young does so uh I'm with you. I'm excited that Rule Williams and Trey Sean Holden kind of showed up and showed out uh, in their in their limited role uh, this past Saturday, and and I bet moving forward they're going to have an increased role. And uh, you know, like you said, Brian Robinson has been that bell cow. And, you know, you could tell late in that game, he was starting to wear down a little bit and, and Roaldale was able to come in and finish that game for Alabama. And yeah. he, he plowed over a couple of dudes there in the <laughs> secondary for Mississippi state too. So uh I'm excited about the prospects of of Roaldale Williams kind of being that number two back behind, uh behind Brian Robinson jr. And we hadn't Absolutely. talked about Bryce young, Jake, just, yeah. to, man, the dude's just steady. He just, he just, every game is, is pretty much the same. Uh, he's going to complete around 70% of his passes for 300 yards and a few touchdowns. And it's just, it's just a walk in the park to him, man. He makes it look so easy.
1: Yeah. Being, being a newcomer and a starter in this offense. I mean, he he slashed on day one and I mean, has been lights out. You know, there's a lot of people that was doubting him again in the year. And I, I don't hear anybody doubting him now. I mean, he's, he's in the running for Heisman as a sophomore yeah. and in his first season. And I mean, that, that's great to see, but, uh, uh, a funny moment was, I, you know, I don't know exactly if it was designed, but when we got down there to the goal line and we got in sh- uh, lined up in shotgun formation, you know, and then we caught a timeout, I was, you know, somebody told me uh, at work, there's like, I guarantee Saban called that timeout because oh. he did not want to shoot a shotgun. He wanted to get in, you know, a jumbo package and run that daggum ball well, in. He, he- <laughs>
0: Coach Saban talked about that in his oh, really? in, the, okay. in the press conference after the game. I
1: missed uh,
0: it. He was asked about it, and he kind of laughed it off. He's like, "I don't want to throw anybody under the bus," but <laughs> we were in that situation last week, and we didn't call time out, and we threw the ball. So yeah, he was, was he, he was beating. He kind of he he said he didn't want to throw anybody under the bus, but he really threw <laughs> a yeah. bit of a little pride under the bus there. But yeah,
1: uh, I mean, well, you but got you know, pride, Robinson, you got to
0: run that. Yeah, I, I mean, dude, if they stop you, they stop you. Four, yeah, um, run
1: it four times and they stop at the goal line. <laughs> good for them.
0: Right, right. But yeah, this Bryce Young, just another s- a strong performance man. He just continues to build on an incredible season. Uh I'm just gonna pull up his stats for the season just to just to kind of look at those because he's been he's been outstanding. He's got yeah. two thousand and eighty-two passing yards on the year. Jeez. Twenty-four touchdowns and three interceptions.
1: That's amazing.
0: That's crazy, ain't it? And one of those crazy.
1: interceptions is was kind of you know, should have never happened. I mean, it went right through Williams. It actually hit Williams in the chest and just bounced right.
0: up. Yeah, so. he's he's completing sixty nine point six percent of his passes. And you know, I don't. I think Latou had one last week, but there wasn't any drops last week other than that one from Latou. So maybe that's starting to get cleaned up. And by the way, man, this is going to be a little bit off to- topic, and we'll, we'll just spend a couple minutes on this, Jake. How in the world did they overturn that catch from Slade Baldwin? I, I don't know. That was – There was not one know. shred of evidence that, that ball even touched the ground.
1: No. I mean, Slade got his hands under under that and, ball.
0: <laughs> and the call on the field was that it was a catch.
1: Yeah, and they overturned it.
0: That's what – I mean, it's, it's my – Jake, I mean – we we've talked about it between us and off air. We've talked about it on here. But SEC officiating is it's a joke. It's it's it a is. bad joke. It's a bad it joke, is. man. And yeah. and I I would be ashamed if I was Greg Sankey. You know, Josh Pate from from Lake Kick mentioned that, you know, this is the, the SEC is a billion dollar business, really, is what it is. Absolutely. There's no reason they should have a nickel and dime officiating crew, and he's exactly right. It's it, it's sad, Jake. From what happened uh, uh, in in Knoxville to to just the overall performance from the SEC officials, it's just poor, man. It's it's not good. You know the 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 inconsistency on the pass interference calls. I mean, the ball can be thrown into the stands, twenty yards out of bounds, and they're going to throw a flag on a guy. I just th- that has to stop the yeah. target, the targeting rule. It's pathetic, Jake. They're ejecting guys for making a football play when they have no intent to try to hurt anybody. Uh, there's no consistency with that call. And then replay. We waste probably 30 to 45 minutes in every single game on replay, and they still don't get it right. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I would rather them just do away with replay, and I'm willing to live with with, with the way the guys call it on the field.
1: Yeah. Right, exactly, and they want to come together and have a meeting about it. That's fine, but I mean, there's no reason to go to replay about it. It's
0: but, sp- when, when they're not getting it right. I mean, I, right. I bet I bet they're they're fifty percent on that. It's 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 pathetic, Jake. I, I don't know how it's went this long without being addressed. And I'm going to say one more thing, and this is kind of my soapbox on this. We don't have a problem having nineteen year old Bryce Young sit in front of a microphone and ask tough questions after getting beat by Texas A&M. Why are 50-year-old grown men not answering questions in front of the public mm-hmm. about the way they officiated the game and the way they, uh, you know, used the replay during a game? Why are they not held accountable in the public eye like 19-year-old Bryce Young is?
1: Exactly. That is just say no comment, go all. go I, all,
0: I mean, that's Jake, that, that's wrong. It is. Uh, and, and that's one reason, I guarantee you, if there was public accountability, the fans would not fuss as much as they do about the officiating. But, Jake, there's no accountability. Right. Uh, so, it's, it's, it's really frustrating because, uh, you know, they miss a call, and it's just, oh, well, we missed it. Yeah. And, and that's the end of it.
1: It
0: is. Who cares how it affected the game? I mean, I just it's, – it's sad, Jake. Uh, like, like Josh Pate said, the, the SEC has too much money and is too powerful to have the piss for officiating that they have, it's just it's unacceptable, and it's not just football; it's basketball too.
1: Yeah, I mean, like you said, they they've, they're a multi-billion-dollar business, and I mean, you know, they can go out and get the best of the best. I mean, we're we're the best conference out there. Why can't we have the best officiating? Yeah, I mean, I mean it's, it, it's,
0: it's it's sad. sad. It uh, is. I I could talk about this for for years. <laughs> I know, but uh, I mean, it's been going
1: on for years. It ain't right, just this year.
0: You know, and, and that's the thing. Like what happened at Tennessee. I'm not I'm not making any excuse for what their fans did because that's inexcusable. Right. But Jake, it's also inexcusable for the how the officials and the replay booth officiated the game. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just talking about the fourth down call there. Right. I'm talking about overall. Jake, That that's unacceptable, too. If we're willing to say what the Tennessee fans did were unacceptable, then the SEC officiating office needs to say, you know what, H- how we performed in that game and across the other games in the SEC is also unacceptable. And here's what we're going to do to make sure we don't do that anymore. And here's what we're going to do to make sure we're better than what we were last week. But there's not there's none of that. No. So it's just – it, it, it's it's pathetic it pisses me off when i think about it uh we talked about it when we were watching a show there on uh on the steven willis digital uh network a minute ago on their live chat jake about how you know if it's third and 10 you find your one-on-one matchup just throw it up the quarterback the throws it there's going to be a pass interference call you get a you get a first down I mean, mm-hmm. it's just it, it, it's pathetic. The defensive backs can't breathe on the on the wide receiver. The wide no. receiver can push a guy to the ground. He never gets called for nothing. Yeah, uh, I don't want to hear the crap about the uh, the the player safety thing and the targeting rule because they allow running backs to lower their heads like they're bulls. Uh, mm-hmm. And it, it's just it, it's not about player safety, Jake. It's about the it's about the perception of player safety. Right.
1: Yeah. And so, like you said, uh, like you said, the, the targeting and, and we. We mentioned this, but you know, or the, the team down, down south of us, that Auburn Penn State game, that, that guy got called, you know, the Auburn guy got called for targeting, but he was making a play. If he would have not, not you know, made the dude the tackle, scores, the dude scores. So now you tell them players not you know, not to make a tackle and let the guy score. That's not football.
0: Uh, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's and and, and Jake, you can go, I don't remember which play it is. It happened in the Mississippi State game. And I'm glad they didn't call it because I don't want this type of play called. But a Mississippi State defender hit Bryce Young the exact same way that Malachi Moore hit Calzada in the A&M game, and nothing was said, nothing was called.
1: Was that the one when, when Bryce threw the touchdown pass?
0: I think it was. I think it was <laughs> one of his touchdown passes, yes. Yeah. I, I It's just – it's mind-blowing it's mind how yes. inconsistent – and how bad the officiating is in the SEC?
1: Yeah, and I mean the the targeting rule, you know, it states if you leave with your head, your shoulders, and and all that. But you know, in the A and M game, they call that against Malachi. But that A and M guy on, I think it was Mechie, maybe when he Billingsley. Hit, Billingsley, Billingsley, yeah, it was against Billingsley. I mean, they said he he left with his shoulder. Well, ain't that in y'all's rule of targeting? It hit Billingsley in the helmet. So and that was I mean, not called.
0: It was literally helmet to helmet contact.
1: Yeah.
0: Look, I don't want that called. That's just you know. I don't want that called. But that I'd also don't want the one on Malachi more called either. Right, exactly. So it's just it, it it's that has to be that has to be revisited. That that rule does. They need to either go to like how the NBA does it with flagrant one and flagrant two. So a guy's I love be. that not ejected from the game for love tapping the quarterback. Right. I mean, just give me a break. What a I joke.
1: I mean, I know dudes now are, are a lot bigger and stronger, but we started out playing football in freaking leather helmets. So
0: – I, 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 I mean, just
1: there, – there's more, there's more protection in helmets than there ever has been, you know. And we're we getting – I mean, we can't even touch a quarterback without getting a pass – you know, a roughing the passer.
0: Look, I want you know, the game fun. of football to be as safe as possible. Right, but if if anybody is naive enough to think that you're going to eliminate head injuries in football, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sorry. There's no other word for you than idiot. You're an idiot. Right. I mean, in fact, I, I'm willing to bet the worst type of head injuries is when a guy gets slammed down on the ground and he whiplashes his head, and his head bangs, his back of his head bangs against the ground.
1: Yeah. I mean, so, I've I've seen Derrick Henry's stiff arms probably hurt some people because I mean. He, <laughs> He don't just, just do a basic stiff I arming. Mean, he's he's throwing them ten feet in the air and ten feet out of you know out of his way.
0: Don't, so. don't bring that up. They'll they'll ban <laughs> stiff arming. No, they I won't. Know. That's for the offense. They they won't ban that. It's all yeah, about it's, it's all about taking away the advantage for the defense. That's true. That is true. <laughs> yeah. Any, anyways, uh we we rambled on that for about 10 minutes, but uh, really good performance from Alabama against Mississippi State, Jake. Uh I guess I guess what I'm most I guess proud of is the best way to say it is how they come out with the right mindset and the right intensity. You can tell the team was focused uh, and ready to play. And, and you can tell it meant a lot to them to get back on the field and kind of prove some doubters wrong and, and prove that they are, you know, one of the best teams in college football.
1: And, and when they're on their A game, they are.
0: Right. I mean, right. there's
1: no doubt about it. And, and if they play, you know, with that passion that they played last Saturday night, you know, they're they're gonna win out and they're gonna they're gonna be it's gonna be a mono on mono matchup yeah. in the SEC championship game. So with Georgia. Yeah,
0: and, and and I'll be honest with you, this this Tennessee game and probably the Auburn game are are the two games that, that kind of I guess worry me the most the Auburn game because of where it's being played at right. and in the Tennessee game I don't think Tennessee can beat Alabama but they can scare Alabama especially if Hooker's healthy because he's a dynamic quarterback Uh they run a fast-paced offense Alabama really hadn't played an up-tempo offense this year outside of Ole Miss and Alabama got got up on them and kind of took Ole Miss out of their rhythm so right. uh, it, it's it's going to be a different top test for Alabama so it's going to be a lot of fun to watch that game. And, and Tennessee's a, kind of a sneaky good team. You know, they they really had a chance to beat Ole Miss last week.
1: Yeah, and like you said, I, I think it all comes down to if Hooker is healthy and if he's right, healthy. Right. But on the flip side, if he is healthy and he's playing, this is – even if he's not, this is a chance for Alabama to prove that, you know, the defense is, is that elite defense. I mean, they can come out and just absolutely dominate like they did against Ole Miss. And, you know, maybe get back on the right track. And, it, and, you know, it seemed like, you know, I felt like there was, you know, earlier in the season there was a lot of me, 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 me. It's all about me. But now Will Anderson and some of the guys, Mathis, some of the guys on the defense finally saying, you know, this is a team. It's a team effort. And they showed that. Uh, battle as well they, they showed that saturday night so i think the me attitude is getting out and it's finally about the team attitude and that's what i'm glad to see
0: yeah and and a couple quick injury notes for those who haven't gotten a chance to catch Cup saban's wednesday night press conference drew sanders is probably not going to play again yeah uh, byron young is a little banged up but he's practiced this week so it looks like he's gonna have a chance to compete this saturday and demarco helms is kind of still having some lingering effects from his ankle injury that he suffered in fall camp. So that kind of explains, uh, you know, the way he's kind of performed this year. And, of course, we saw Daniel Wright take his place last week against Mississippi State, and he done a really good job. Daniel Wright probably, probably played the best game of his career it last did. week yep. against Mississippi State. So uh, that that was nice to see. So uh, we'll kind of see what what Hellum's status is Saturday against Tennessee.
1: Mm-hmm. That Tennessee matchup is going to be fun. And, of course, we're going to talk about it uh, probably Friday night. We'll do a live show. But I, I got my golf already. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, so, no. But anyway, it's oh, going to be a fun man. show.
0: Uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah, we look forward to that. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast, guys, uh, uh, whether it's on YouTube, Apple. Leave us a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts. Jump in the comments on YouTube. Share with your friends sharing all your Facebook groups, uh, and we would greatly appreciate that. Uh, once again, this this episode, like all of our episodes, is brought to you by betonline.ag. We appreciate that partnership that we have with those guys through the Believe Podcast Network. Uh, Jake, really good win for Alabama last week. I hope they can carry that momentum into the Tennessee game. We're going to talk about that more a little later, later this week. But for right now, we're going to sign off. Roll Tide. Roll Tide.